Welcome to the Franchise Growth Podcast. This is the podcast for franchisors and business leaders to get tangible weekly action steps to improve your franchise system. Plus, it's a great way to get professional development in while you're driving, doing the dishes, or walking your dog. Hosted by the team at AC Inc., you'll learn about how to effectively coach franchisees to make your system more profitable, creating a successful growth mindset, modern leadership insights, and so much more. Get ready to talk franchise growth. Hello, and welcome back to the Franchise Growth Pod. My name is Belle, uh, lead on all things marketing at AC Inc., and I am here today with one of our incredible franchise growth advisors, Brecken. How's it going? Great, Belle. Thanks so much for having me back. Woo! Okay, I am really excited about today's topic. It's going to be kind of an interesting one. We're talking a bit about franchisee accountability and how we create it, what types of formats kind of work best to cultivate it. Um, We're going to talk about accountability in general, why it's so important in a system where um, we're kind of all working on the same business and yet all accountable to our own businesses, uh, which is, again, is just such a unique way to grow a business and to share a brand with the world and and be a local business owner. So we're going to talk about some complexities there. And then, of course, (laughs) talk a lot about... um, as a field coach or as someone who's coaching franchisees um, in different formats, how we can help nurture that um, and create more accountability um, uh, for all kinds of things. So it's going to be a good chat. I'm excited. Brecken, are you excited? Always. 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 Perfect. Perfect. I was like, I've been talking for a little too long. Brecken, how, you, you good too? <laughs> Um, okay, but before we get into the topic today, um, as you've all, if you've been listening recently, you probably are aware we have a kind of kickoff question we like to start with. This is just a way for um, everyone to get to know all of our team members and clients, community members, everyone who comes on the podcast a little bit better. And I love a random question. So we're going to, Brecken doesn't know what these questions are. So I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to ask you, Brecken, what is your least favorite chore? around the house or, and I know like you and Jen are amazing, have wonderful kids, great family dynamic. I, I love, and you're so all about your family and I love it, but I know like everyone has a least favorite chore, something that is always going to cause an issue. I'm really curious what yours is. <laughs> uh, well, actually I probably do most of the chores in my house. Oh, really? oh interesting. You're like, uh, are you big and cl- like onto cleaning and stuff? Like are you definitely the cleaner? Yeah. I'm, the I'm definitely the cleaner. Uh, I do the cleaning and the cooking. Wow. Okay. I'm very domesticated. Um, I would say my least favorite chore, honestly, is vacuuming. Oh my gosh. What? That's such a random one to not like. Why do you not like it? I I don't know. I think it's because I did it so much as a kid. Oh, did you have like a chore that was yours as a kid? Well, yeah, we would always have different, but we, as kids, we were at an early age, we were helping out. That was just how it was. Um, but I always seem to get vacuuming and it took, drove me nuts. And then the different, you always got to change the heads and the nozzles and <laughs> there's different parts for different parts of the house. And, oh yeah. That I don't is, know why it bothers me so much, but I, I do not enjoy vacuuming. That is such a weird one. I was fully not expecting that. Um, I What's feel yours? Like, um, I'm kind of a tie. Um, I don't want to do anything to do with our car. Like any, I don't even like getting gas. Like I just anything and I can, like I've changed my oil. I just, you know, like I've changed tire. Like I, I'm not bad or anything, but I just don't like it. I don't like the, oh my gosh, worse is like filling up tires with air. Oh, I find it so annoying. Like just. We're allowed to do outside chores already. I'm changing my to weeding. 
because I hate weeding. Oh, weeding is also awful. Yes. Um, I, when I was younger, that was a, a big part of what I would do in the summers when I was like a, a young teenager is I would go work at places and do a bunch of weeding and like landscape, like just the easy landscape stuff. Um, backbreaking work. Like it is so hard. Respect to anyone. Who doing doing weeding too. It's no fun. Yes. I'm a lot closer to the ground than you. So that must have been even harder. That's a really good one. But yeah, I would say my tie, like if we have to do indoor and outdoor, outdoor is like anything to do car or like oil changes and those kinds of things. I find that super annoying. Um, and then also uh, mine is cleaning the bathroom. I really don't specifically like scrubbing a t- like a bathtub. I really find that super annoying. Oh, and luckily Josh it. doesn't mind that. So he does that. So that's great. I know it's funny how people have things that are like, this is so annoying. Like I remember growing up, um, my dad hated doing dishes. And to me, like I would do so many dishes when I was younger. I'm actually very, I do the dishes all the time. Just not yeah. Fun. Dishes is like not a huge deal for me. Um, obviously it's kind like, of first therapeutic. Yeah. I also find that, I mean, we have a dishwasher now and I never had one growing up, so it's been a big game changer, but, uh, but yeah, in general, I just find it so funny how some people have some that they just like don't want to do ever. And other people are like, what? That's so fine. Like that's not hard at all. So anyways, yeah, we learned something new about each other and learned that we're both the cleaners and cookers in our household. So that's fun. Um, (laughs) Okay, so we're going to dive into um, nothing to do with chores at all, actually. Um, (laughs) No segment. A bit of a chore sometimes. Maybe, maybe the accountability can feel a little bit chore-like every once in a while. Um, We're going to talk about franchisee accountability. And I wanted to start off with a super easy question. A lot of people are already pretty aware, but just start us off with kind of why specifically for franchisees is accountability such a key part of coaching and success and getting better as as an owner when you have all of these other owners also running the same business and it's a, it's a systems you're following assistant. Like why specifically is accountability such a key thing we focus on for franchisees? Well, we, we do focus on it. Um, it's amazing. Like we have franchisees who are so willing to take ownership of their business. Yeah. Right. And so they're, they're accountable for all aspects of it. They understand that the buck stops with them. Yeah. And so they're willing to put in effort in all areas and they want to get better and you can, have full discussions with them about okay, what where what are the areas you're struggling with, mm-hmm. and they're open to it, and they're not just like oh I'm great at everything. Yeah, yeah. So like it kind of a I would say accountability includes things like taking ownership of all of it, being mm-hmm. responsible, but also being the that humble piece and the openness yeah. and willingness to change. Accountability helps helps with all those things. Yeah. Uh, when you have a franchisee who's willing to do that, essentially what we find is they're willing to improve their business. And take the steps to do it. It's and, not a huge issue <laughs> if people have that kind of ownership and accountability already. But um, those who don't, it is really hard to help them improve. Mm. And so, I think also for a lot of folks, they don't want to be held accountable by their franchisor. Oh, like they, that, that right. relationship is almost like a parents and teenager at some time at some points. And mm. so they get the eye rolling and like, oh, they don't understand and all that stuff. Yeah, um, and so maybe nobody is holding their franchisees accountable in, in a lot of systems. And that is a problem. Mm. Yeah. And I think especially as, um, as we said, like franchisees being, it's such a cool, like I'm, I love franchising and I know you do too. Yes. Everyone on the team is a bit nerdy about it, but um, what I specifically love is that it's small business owners. Like it's, it's people in their own local communities owning businesses, but then they get to not have to have this kind of entrepreneurial, create a whole entire pricing system and operating system and 
all like menu design and all these things, right? Like you don't have to always have that kind of creative operations risk focused brain that a lot of like, you know, entrepreneurs do who start brand new things from scratch. You still get to be this local business owner and take ownership and, and build something for your kids and your family and, and be in your community, like all these awesome things. And so I love that, but you're so right. It also comes with that ownership and accountability because it's a unique scenario where franchisors have built this brand and the operation system and, and the, um, the manual on how to do it and all of this. So then that accountability to be following a lot of those systems and then be wanting to grow and improve and make your system better and all those types of things that plays a, a bigger part than if you're kind of, you know, doing your own thing, starting a tech company or something like that. It's just a very different dynamic. Well, and then you're also accountable to your peers, right? Your fellow yeah. franchisees and the brand. And yeah. it's awesome when you have a whole bunch of franchisees who view themselves as accountable to each other. Yeah. Uh, there's a perfect segue for you. Um, but it does. Yeah. It, it Success breeds more success. Yeah. Yeah. And accountability breeds more accountability. It's amazing. Yeah. And as you mentioned, great segue, because really what we wanted to talk about when we were talking about accountability today is, you know, we can talk a little bit about, um, you know, having um, roadmaps are really great for accountability, right? Having kind of a spreadsheet or a document where you can go to and look at your action step. Those are kind of typical, like we see a lot of, you know, people talk about how that's a really good option and it, they totally are. But I wanted to take a bit of a different approach on this episode because I feel like that's covered quite often, you know, having a list of steps, having a system in place, you know, knowing who they can talk to, if they have a question, all of that is great for accountability, but I do find it's like the more common kind of tips you hear when you're, when you're thinking about it. But I want to talk about the group element. I want to talk about the peer element. And this is a little bit different because um, with field coaches and systems, there's a lot of one-on-one -on -one often, especially as you're kind of a, a mid-range system, there's a lot of that one-on-one -on -one coaching, which is so awesome and so, so key. But then also this thing, and, and we've been doing actually a lot of this fractionally for systems, which is awesome. And we've seen a lot of success with it. And that's why I want to talk about it a bit is this peer coaching, like group, group coaching element where franchisees get to be not only accountable to each other in meeting regularly and um, seeing what their, their peers are doing, but also accountable to um, the learning and training that you're all going through at the same time and kind of get it. And you, you know that you're getting the same information, the same homework, all that kind of stuff as your peers. Um, so maybe give like a brief, a brief description of kind of what this like group coaching for franchisees kind of looks like um, just so people can have a, have a frame of mind for when we're talking about how that like helps with that accountability piece a lot. Sure. And there's different formats for sure. We run a, a couple of different kinds. One is performance groups and, and mastermind groups. Mm -hmm. They're very similar, yeah. um, slightly different, but essentially what it is, is there's always topic or a concept that is being reviewed and it can be anything from okay, KPIs uh, to leadership style to sales closing techniques today or, or what have you, or lead gen, whatever. Yeah. There's, a, there's a topic, but everyone is expected to contribute first and foremost. Everyone has to participate. And so if there were things that they had to do beforehand to prepare, which it helps them learn, of course, and all the learning helps them increase their business or improve their business. Um, so they have to prepare, then they have to chime in. They have to be present and listening. And, and, and then as always, there are always assignments afterwards that you have to, like in my group for, for the first three sessions, you are presenting your mm -hmm. work to the yeah, rest yeah. of your peers um, because they're, you know, whether it's a SWOT analysis or mm -hmm. an issues list or anything like that. Yeah. And, and it, it's all, again, it's different if mom or dad tell you to, to create a SWOT for your company. 
But if your peers are expecting to see your SWAT next week, immediately the only no one wants to be the guy who shows up to their peers and not have it. Yeah. Right? They feel bad. There's a pride factor. Um, and so there's there's that piece, but then there's also the fact that their peers can ask questions that I can't. Mm. Yeah, right? yeah. I'm the coach. Operationally, these guys run circles around me. They know their business much better than I ever will. Yeah. They can ask questions and help each other improve so much more. And, mm-hmm. and hold each other accountable. Hey, why aren't you trying this? This is what they teach you in head office. And I don't know that. Yeah. And the next thing you know, they're holding each other accountable. And Bob's your uncle. And everyone is improving their business dramatically. Yeah. And I guess also that camaraderie that can kind of be built. Like as you, you kind of were talking about, there's definitely probably a competitive edge. You know, just personality-based. I'm sure some people get yeah, I get a little bit like, oh, mine to be really good. Or whatever. I'm sure that's, you know, but it also, I think even if you don't have an actually crazy competitive personality, it also it has to be collaborative. Yeah, very collaborative thing where you're also saying like, well, I'm presenting this, I want it to be good, but I'm also really wanting to like see what everyone else is doing so that I can make mine better. And so that type of thing also helps in the holding accountable. Because if you haven't done yours, you can't make yours better by like gaining questions or having people suggest things. You can't do that because it's not done. And then everyone else's is done and you're missing out on that. So uh, I, I think it's, there's so many levels and I think it, it works for several different personality types, depending on, as you said, like some people get competitive. I definitely get competitive. <laughs> um, but yeah. then, you know, <laughs> Reckons, um in disbelief but um and but there's also that collaborative side and then there's um on the other side there's also the um like selfishly you want to get the feedback and get the thoughts and the perspective from your peer and really make sure yours is really good and so it works on several levels even if you know your attitude isn't the exact same as someone else's well and even like we'll often start sessions with who's got a challenge that they need help with today yeah Right. And so someone will bring up, hey, I'm struggling with a client or an employee. Here's the situation. And now everyone is helping out solve that issue together. Everyone is accountable to help that franchisee get better. Mm. Um, and, and invariably, the people who are asking the questions or giving the feedback are learning as well. Yeah. Um, and, or even if you're just listening. And maybe this week, you know, it was Jimmy who brought up an issue. And next week, I'm going to ask Susan or Sally to bring an issue. Uh, and and they'll bring an issue in. So they're accountable for that as well. But people start being more open. They're more yeah. vulnerable. Um, and this team, this sense of team, that this is a safe place where we can improve and help each other grow. Mm-hmm. It is true. It Again, I was a performance group member as a franchisee. I now facilitate a, a lot of performance groups and masterminds. It, it is something that I believe wholeheartedly in. It held me accountable mm-hmm. all the time. And it helped me dramatically improve my businesses. Yeah. So I, and that's awesome as like your perspective and uh, as someone who's actually been in them and now leads them and, and understands the value on both sides, I think is so, so key. Um, but I, so we've talked a, about the value of them and kind of how they work. You, you talked about some kind of real life examples of how um, they actually work within, you know, context. Like, you know, if someone brings a challenge, you're getting value here. If someone brings a tent, like the, their homework and they want to show it, you know, now you're getting feedback there. So we've talked a lot about like the value that can come from this group coaching. So that's awesome. Um, and, and we've talked a little bit about how it can work and how it can look a little bit different depending on the way your, your system set up or the way you want to set up your coaching. But I'm curious, the group coaching, and we do, we do get lots of questions about this, um, especially for brands who are kind of in that like 30 to, to 60 units, like where 
Um, a lot of people are looking for the best ways. Maybe they have some kind of existing field coaching or support for their, their Z's that's more proactive, but they're looking to optimize or, or put in place some, some better um, frameworks and stuff like that. But we do get asked, like, is it better to do the, the group or is it better to have one-on-one coaching? Is it better when there's both? How do you know if someone's going to, you know, really, really thrive in a one-on-one coaching setting versus are they an awesome, you know, person to be in a group where they're holding each other accountable and showing up and, and, you know, being a part of the group, you know, assignments and those kinds of things. Like, is there anything you can kind of give as an insight if someone is listening and they're in that range and they're wanting to make sure their, their support and coaching works well? And you're hearing this group coaching something, you're like, ooh, this sounds really good. Does it work for everyone? Does it work for certain, you know, Zs? Does and we talk a little bit about, you know, like like I know that we we try to get people who are really excited about coaching to become the first ones in a system to get into that group coaching because it helps that people are genuinely buying in and excited to to be involved and want to be there. Um but yeah, maybe just provide a little bit of insight because I know when if people are hearing all these awesome things, they're going to be going, but is this going to work always or is it certain people? Just maybe some insights on that. Well, I, I there's no silver bullet. It's not a perfect coaching system. I will say for franchisees, who the, you get out of it what you put into it. Mm. So franchisees who want to learn and are open and do the assignments and come prepared and are participate a great deal. Yeah. Do, do tremendously well. I mean, the numbers we see from those franchisees on their improved revenue and net profits and yeah. increased EBITDA, it, it is legitimately yeah. staggering. Mm-hmm. Um, but those who only show up or aren't willing to show up, and, and often it is a mindset issue, mm-hmm. they don't understand how it can be impactful, or maybe mm-hmm. they were told to be here and they didn't have to apply yeah. um, those kinds of scenarios. Someone who shows up once every three episodes episodes? is not going to do great. Yeah, yeah. They may improve. But from a simply from an effective use of resources piece, if you have one facilitator working with six franchisees of whom five are going to get tremendous results out of it versus having to do six different meetings one-on-one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would say the best bang for the buck is traditionally in performance groups. We are seeing uh, amazing results. And even when it ends, they now have a sense of a team that they can go work with moving forward. Right? You- They're not alone. They feel that th- these other yeah. five people, I can call them any day of the week. I am still in touch with my performance group members from my first performance group when I was a franchisee. And that's like going on 12 years ago. We're still friends. Gosh, that's actually really cool. Um, yeah. I think you you had mentioned that actually when we we were um, building out these these uh, group coaching programs uh, like a long time ago now. But I remember you saying that, and you're like, "This is so key" because I literally still talk to the people who were in my original one. That's so so awesome. And those um, guys shredded my business. It was awesome. <laughs> it was so good. They tore. They, it was amazing. Tore it apart every time. That's so great. Um, and I, I was also going to say too, we have seen a few people who have said they like get together with their performance group when they go to their company conference. And yes. I thought it was like so fun to like get to see the people that they've been on these calls with and helping each other grow the business. And they know so much about the ins and outs. And um, so that's always really special too. when those connections can kind of go into the, the real world and then also make you so much more comfortable 
in my mind, you know, if I know some of these franchisees in my system, I love them so much and I have so much in common and we've really helped each other, your attitude about all the owners in your system suddenly just can shift where you're like, oh my gosh, there's so many people now that I could like, when you go to these company events and stuff, it opens your brain as to, you know, how much connection can be made within your system and how much you can help each other, which I think is really special as well. And if you have multiple performance groups, it's amazing the brainstorming that happens in those. And then like as a facilitator, I'll hear something in one group. I'm like, oh my gosh, that was an amazing idea. I'm going to bring that to the next performance. Yeah, group. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So it, it's all transferable as well. Mm. Um, and, and, and to your point, like we used to go to conferences and we'd see the other performance groups. I'd be like, hey, what are you guys doing about this? Like it yeah, was yeah. a natural thing for us to go and talk about and help us all improve. And again, the accountability was through the roof. Yeah. No one ever showed up without getting their stuff done. That's so, so great. And, and I think that was a good answer too, because I, I know that we have had people kind of ask like, well, you know, can we just set up a bunch of group coaching and have that be, is that the, the silver bullet, as you said, like, is that the, the one way that it's all going to work? And I think you, you phrased it really well. And this is definitely what we, the approach we take when we do it fractionally. So if you're going to set it up on your own, this is what we would also suggest. Um, or if you want to, again, you know, leverage the AC team for this, that's, that's also a great option, but we definitely take the approach of, um, as you said, like, the getting people who are really excited and bought in, getting them into the group element is going to help so much in seeing results and helping. And as you said, like if there's a group and only three of the six people show up regularly because some people weren't bought in and excited and, and, and see the value, um, it's not going to be as valuable for everybody. Um, so making sure that the group coaching is really focused more on people who are excited initially. And then as, of course, performance groups get and group coaching in general just gets more traction in your system, you're going to get more people who are excited to show up, excited to see those results, excited to, you know, do what their their fellow owners are doing. Um, so I think that's a really good starting place. And we have um, a couple posts on LinkedIn and stuff that talk about that as well, if you want more information. But um, yeah, I think that's definitely a really, really good starting point when we're talking about like where the most value comes in and the most accountability comes in uh, with franchisees in the group coaching space. Um, and then still seeing a ton of value in that one-on-one -on -one coaching, especially. Oh, absolutely. And we do both obviously. Yes. Yeah, yeah, totally. But especially when someone doesn't always see the value right off the bat and a lot of mindset work has to be done, that one-on-one -on -one can really help and then might even, you know, get them excited to be a part of that group next time it, it happens or whatever. And, and it doesn't matter if they're new, if they've been doing it forever, you know, group coaching, in my experience, does create more accountability. I mean, I, we've got one group where I'm working with all high performers who now they're accountable to each other. And oh my gosh. It's crazy, I bet. <laughs> it's, a, it's fantastic. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Bregan. I, I think this is definitely good. I, I wanted to give just give a bit of a um, like a foundational um, understanding of kind of where this accountability comes in and kind of how we can create it. Because again, I, I hear a lot of people say, you know, the, the checklist, the, the having a resource, wherever, and all of that's so valuable and so key. But I think just yes. talking more about that peer side and, and how that can kind of manifest in different personalities. And um, so I think that was really important for, for us to do this episode on. So thank you so much for sharing your insights. That was awesome. Anything else before we finish up? I'm good, Belle. Thanks so much for having me. Yay. Okay. We'll hope everyone who is listening has an amazing rest of your week and go be awesome. Thanks so much for listening today. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. For more resources on franchise growth, check out our blog or join one of the AC roundtables. They are weekly Zoom calls focused on peer collaboration and business development. We have groups for established brands, emerging brands, and professional development groups for both field coaches and marketers. 
Also, if you're interested in any of the AC courses, assessing your field coaching, or hiring and training field coaches for your system, head to AngelaCote.com to learn more and get in touch with our team.